I, 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 yes, people. And this is not his, this isn't Troy's voice. This is the Energy Podcast. Troy is charging up right now. He's just graduated from his master's. Big congrats to him. Mm-hmm. But we are out here with Malambo and Panache. Mm-hmm. Introduce yourself, people. So my name is Malambo, and uh, I'm a corporate lawyer at an international law firm. And outside of that, I'm a social entrepreneur. I'm building two social enterprises. One is called Knockout Crime, which helps young people involved in knife crime, gun crime, and gang culture. It's a family out of that. And also building another social enterprise called the Widening Access Network, which mm-hmm. is helping young people building their aspirations yeah. so that they can see careers and choices mm-hmm. that are beyond what their environment allows them to do. Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. That's dope, Malamba. Nice book. So my name is Panache. Um, I'm also a corporate lawyer. Outside of that, my biggest thing is trying to find ways to create solutions with young people, bringing them out of the struggles that I was brought up in and trying to create a positive future for everyone around us. Nice. That's dope. What about that music, though? Yeah. I feel like you're being too humble still. <laughs> Bro, there's obviously a little there's a hip hop career there too. I like my I like music thing, okay, okay. bro. I like the spoken word poetry, like the hip hop and the rap. I've been doing that since I was a, a young, young child. And if you want to hear some bars, then we can chop it up later. Okay, so, so what what's your why? What really drew you to want to go into that field? You know what's crazy? It's a mad story, right? So I went to one of the most underperforming colleges in the country. And wow. um, my college was so bad, right, that we didn't have security. We had police officers patrolling because teachers were at risk of violence. Yeah. And these are people who beaten up, stabbed, whatever, whatever. You name it. Where right? was this? And other students were. This was like in East London. Okay, London, okay. Right? So, so what happened next was we were meant to have a careers talk with the probation officer. We were meant to come in talk about how going to prison would affect your future. Yeah. But at the last minute, he couldn't make it. So he got replaced with a high street lawyer that worked in East Ham. So East Ham is in the place yeah. in East London, right? So this guy comes in, he's like, I'm talking about what he does. He's like, yeah, I'm a high street lawyer. I do wills and probate. So wills and probate is essentially advising people yeah. what they can do with their wills or how they can pass on their 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 estates, yeah, their, their wealth, their, to, to, to yeah. maybe family members mm-hmm. and how they want it split up and shared. So mm-hmm. he starts talking about it. I'm like, oh, wow, this is different. You know, prior to this guy speaking, yeah, the only role models of success I'd ever seen in a black man were either drug dealers, gang members, people who have been into prison for so long. When they came out, they were so feared, that looked like respect to me. So I'm like, shit, like, this guy is just speaking, it's powerful. I'm like, wow. After he finished talking, I yeah. approached him, I said, look, my man, I've I don't know what is law thing. Like my only yeah. my only correlation to law is is law enforcement. <laughs> you get yeah, me, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you're here telling me that there's there's a career outside of that. So I said, look, let me shadow you for one day. He said, yeah, sure, come through. Start telling me a bit of myself, telling me a bit of my story. And he's like, come through. I like you. So that's what you learned. That's how you're kind of giving back now. Because I I've seen from what I learned from you is you through the knockout through the knockout boxing thing you're doing yeah. with. You want to inspire the youth with role models. So how did you see that guy as a role model for you? I saw him as a role model because he wasn't meant to be there that day, right? But due to some strange circumstance, he was. And he gave me an opportunity where no one else could have. He said, I'll give you a shot. Shouted him for one day. I worked my ass off. And he said, yo, come back the next day. I came back, worked as hard as I did on day one. Mm -hmm. He said, come back again for day three. I worked extra hard. 
three days became one week. One week became three weeks. After that, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. And that guy inspired wow. me because he offered me a different model of success I'd never seen before. And I said, I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to latch mm. on. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. Mm. That's Anything powerful. to add to that for now? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a, just the only point I'd follow up with is it was a similar story for me mm. in the sense that I was growing up in an area in Leeds where it was council estate. Um, my school was put into special measures where Ofsted basically said that the school is ineffective, inadequate. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the school was locked down. I had to go through a process of full-on rehabilitation of the school mm-hmm. in itself. And I was growing up in an environment where black people just don't have successful role models. And that's mm-hmm. why I latched onto your point about role models. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I was in an area where stop and search is very normal. Mm-hmm. If you're a black man and if you're wearing certain clothes or if you're with certain people, then regardless of what you are doing in your life, you will get stopped and searched. Mm. And that for me was powerful because I saw the difference between the state and the citizen Mm -hmm. and how to have these different um, perspectives Mm. of power Mm. and how power influenced how a young black man can become successful or not. And the only thing to add to that is it was only role models in my life that show me how we can leverage our blackness mm-hmm. in order to become successful rather than to go the other route, which is very, very easily done. Very easily done. Mm-hmm. Very easily done. Wow. That's powerful, guys. That's powerful. This early in the podcast, you lot are <laughs> dropping this heat, man. So I just want you to um, give me a little more insight into knockout crime. So we started knockout crime, me just and my co-founder, during during mm-hmm. the classic, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of... Um, lot of stigma and overrepresentation of young black men in mm-hmm. media as being the perpetuators of nightclubs. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I see it in the news, it's these are rich um, young black men, rich young black men, yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, hold on, wait a minute, right? These facts and figures that we're seeing surely cannot be true, right? Because there's, knife crime is not just happening to, in, in London and it's not just being perpetuated by young black males in London but it's happening all across the country. It's a national problem. It's not a London problem. Literally, like, right? just from reading the statistics, it's yeah. from, according to um, Gov UK, mm-hmm. um, children aged 10 to 17, 20, 21,700 children was cautioned and sentenced. Yeah. 4,500 wow. knife and offensive weapons were, wow. offenses were committed by children, and over 38.4% of children and young people reoffended. Wow. Exactly, right? That's crazy. crazy. And, when you, when you, and those are just, like, the facts, but... But when you delve deep into the into those facts and figures and actually see, okay, like where is this actually happening? And you notice mm-hmm. that actually Glasgow mm-hmm. has the highest rates of knife crime. Facts, mm-hmm. right? Liverpool, Manchester, highest rates of knife crime. And in those particular areas, mm-hmm. black people are the minority, yeah. right? That the, and, and you find that the actual wow. like number of offenders were actually people that maybe from like, you know, uh white working class backgrounds, whatever backgrounds it may be, yeah. right? But it wasn't just like black people being the perpetrators or young black males being the perpetrators of it. Yeah. I was talking about, okay, we're going to address this and, and at least put out a campaign that mm. at least tries to highlight knife crime as a problem that yeah. is happening around the country. Mm-hmm. And everyone is affected by this, not just young black males or black people in London. Mm. Mm-hmm. It started with, with a campaign first and they are on Instagram and, and, it, and it went moving on. Okay, so what strategies do you have in place right now? The strategies we have in place right now is just targeting uh, particular areas in London because yeah. that's, that's where we are based. Yeah. And by targeting those particular areas, we know that okay, there's a particular, there's a particular like you know rates of, of like offending, whatever, whatever. But also working in schools, particularly where young people are either groomed or or targeted by gangs yeah. and things yeah. like that. Right. So we're like okay, yeah. the things that we're gonna show you different outlets, 
you're not you don't need to be out in the streets. Yeah. You don't need to be out on roads. But by that outlet of trying out boxing testing, and if you mm. like it, we then direct you to a boxing club, which we then can like mm. take take hold and, and take you in further. Mm-hmm. So just to go, I know you're a humble guy, Malamba, but I gotta say you're a gold medal at British universities and college sports. Yes, um, sir. Boxing championships. Yes, Jeez. sir. Is that you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> boxing, I'd say boxing, boxing is a passion for you. It's been always been a passion it's, it's for you. It's been a big part of my so life. So tell, tell the listeners how boxing has impacted, what it means to you, and how yeah. you have now given back yeah. through knockout crimes. Like just, just coming through, when I think of my own life story, to be a really young, angry person growing up in, uh, you know, in social care, and uh, just my social worker was saying, look, like you always get in trouble with the police. Mm-hmm. You know, let me take you to a boxing gym. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she wouldn't teach me boxing. Oh, now I know how to really bang man up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, sure, take me. Right. But little did I know is that when I went to the gym, it was one of the toughest things I'd ever experienced. Mm-hmm. But there was a there was a competitiveness that I had was like, okay, the fitness was tough, but I'm coming back because I want to show these men that I'm, I'm not getting... I'm like, do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you know, it, because this, this, is, yeah. Yeah. this is how you described it on one of your Instagram captions: mm. the explosiveness of a sprinter, the strategy of a chess player, the endurance of a long distance runner, mm. the footwork of a dancer, mm. and the strength of a powerlifter. A complete fighter can do it all. Do that it is all. powerful, bro. You can, you can do that it. Is powerful. Ooh, and when I when I look Jesus. at all the the, the boxers that have inspired Ooh. me, yeah. They could just do it all, mm-hmm. and that's what boxing involves. It's, it's, it, it brings together so many disciplines. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just the fighting. It's not just an. It's not just an aggressive sport. It's not just brute force, but it's, it's the dexterity, the discipline. The technique, bro. Yeah, Manash, yeah, I don't know. The technique, bro. And Malambo knows he's, he's, he's very humble, isn't he? He's very, <laughs> very humble. He's very humble. Gold medal. But, but, like, let's not, let's not detract from the fact that Malambo knows how to chop man up. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's laughing right now, man. He's going to be next. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked about the importance of role models mm. and... Mm. Who were some of your sporting role models and who do you, yeah? Like, sporting role models, Mayweather. Mm-hmm. I like Mayweather for the simple fact that he was someone that's been very dedicated to his craft with a narrow minded approach yeah. and being so disciplined that he's not allowed any other distractions coming his way. But more importantly, it's also the business suave. The businessman. The business suave. Mm-hmm. For instance, buying himself out of a contract with his previous promoter, mm-hmm. then start his own promotional company. Mm-hmm. And then using that, that as, a, as a vehicle, mm-hmm. then start like, you know, just generating pay-per-view sales. And just being a really smart mm-hmm. businessman about it. I'm like, bro, that's actually so dope because you're not just doing things wrong way, but you're doing yeah. things differently. It's interesting because mm-hmm. the biggest sports people of our generation yes, have also been able to find a way to leverage the business and the sport, right? Mm. The Jordans. Mm. The, the Ronaldo's mm-hmm. have found a way to do that. Yeah. And for yeah. me personally, I feel like there's a distinction between motivation and discipline. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is motivation will start you off, mm-hmm. but it's only discipline where you can finish the career. And the greatest people of our, of our generation, yeah. the Jordans, yeah. had that motivation, yeah. but it also found that discipline yeah. to keep working. I, dis- I hear that. Because Mike that, Tyson said something like, dis- discipline is doing work. You love when you, even when you hate it, when mm-hmm. you have nothing hate left. That's the, point, right? ah. that's the point, That's the point. <laughs> even when you hate even it. Even when you hate it. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what distinguishes the great and the legends, right? 
they had that discipline to carry on going despite the motivation. Kobe Bryant, man. Like, mm-hmm. Nash, I know Rest that. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Nash, I know you chopped up a little bit. Actually, that's that's understood. You mm-hmm. do a lot in terms of like sports and the divisions between sports, mm-hmm. right? So, from what you've seen, what's been the difference for, for instance, sportsmen that have, have been them like they killed it when the when they were doing it in whatever field it was mm-hmm. as, as a sportsman or sportswoman, mm-hmm. but then that was it. Do you know what I mean? Then they mm-hmm. then just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know. Or oh, this sportsman, the sportswoman is gone bankrupt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. and they're just doing something that is just far from what they do. Mm. Like, that's mm. mad, bro. It's a good question, bro. And I feel like perspective takes us a long way, right? Mm. I feel like the greatest people of our generation have found a way to realize that sports is brilliant, mm-hmm. of course, as is education, yeah. as is professions. Yeah. However, that is only a small segment of what life is. Mm. And the greatest have been able to see what the bigger picture is in terms of what the future for them means mm-hmm. and being able to leverage their sporting success mm-hmm. to create generational wealth. Okay. See that with LeBron James, he's investing into, you know the football club, he has, st- he has stocks in there. He has sh- I mean, not stock, shares. I heard he was like, uh, he, he owned a percentage of Liverpool and he invested in Liverpool. In like oh. 07, this was, this was years oh. ago. Oh, years ago. Years That's ago. great. Wow, and look, wow, look at wow, Liverpool wow. now, like if you sold those shares, mindset. That's mm, crazy, man. Vision. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. Perspective, right? Perspective. Mm-hmm. Perspective is everything. Mm. I, so I wanted to get back into social entrepreneurialism and mm. in particular with what's going on. I want, I want you guys to reflect a bit on, I want to get your opinions on the George Floyd um, mm. because that's still... The George Floyd murder, the Breonna Taylor murder, mm-hmm. these are still things that have not fully been justified yet. Mm-hmm. And you talked about in one of your podcasts, Malamba, on Starting Up, Starting Good, that power is nebulous. Mm. It's everywhere. It's free-flowing. It's fluid. And yes, how can black people, in terms of leadership, go about moving with strategy compared to we protest, we forget, mm-hmm. we move on? Man, I think when I said power was nebulous, it's something I realized that power was everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And usually before, I used to sort of see power as like a, as like, you know, sort of in the top-down structure. Like, oh, there is maybe the government, then there is me. Yeah, like the feudal system. government or king system, queens, system yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you sort of like, you see the hierarchy. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, actually, hold on, wait a minute. Like, even within those hierarchical structures, mm-hmm. right? There are still people that have a status within it, right? So, for instance, if we look at like, feud, on like, it, like if we look at a feudal yeah. system, yeah, right, and we, then we go down to like, oh, we have the king there, right? Courtiers. But within within the king, yeah. then there are other people that still have a level of status and power and control, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. They can even manipulate the king to do certain things. Mm-hmm. For instance, the advisor. That's then you start going down the levels, mm-hmm. right? You can even go down to the level of the peasant, right? Mm-hmm. Even the lowest ranking peasant, amongst other peasants. There can be a leader of peasants. Mm-hmm. You see know what I mean? And yeah. he has power. He has control, right? Then, then you start thinking like, oh shit. Oh. Then if he then brings people together, right? He then start to he starts to build his force and yeah. can start exerting power yeah. on an upward level. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit like that. The New York mob. There's a documentary on Netflix. Mm. I forgot what it's oh. called. You know what I'm talking I know about? What you're all about. Yeah, it's a sick one. It drops. <sighs> so it shows the FBI shy side of the story. Yeah, and yeah, the mob yeah, yeah. side of the story. Yeah, yeah. And the mob's actually talking about how they evaded the FBI for so long mm-hmm. and now just through 
it was like as you said, power was this like feudal system, but they couldn't get to like the kingpins. Like imagine mm, like yeah. narcos, like you yeah, can't you yeah, have your yeah. soldiers at the bottom who mm-hmm. won't rat, won't do this, and you mm-hmm. literally you won't even touch like the Godfather yeah. in mm-hmm. that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so like everybody exercises power or has the potential to exercise power. Mm-hmm. Just the question of can can you actually see it and are you bold enough to act? Right. So, so, so to bring that. things mm-hmm. back into like perspective. It's tact. It's it's tact, bro. It's about networking, right? Meeting people who might want to open your door. Mm -hmm. But the best thing you need to realize and figure out is, Mm -hmm. actually, it's not about, like, what can I do for you, what can I do for me? But it's always, how can I provide value to you? How can I add value to what you're doing? Mm-hmm. How can I make things easier mm-hmm. and better for you? Very true. Very, very yeah, true. because we're all we're all selfish by nature. Humans mm-hmm. are selfish creatures. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Very we true. are. It's like yeah. we think about ourselves most of the most of the day. It's hard. Like in this selfish world we live in, we don't see that level of empathy mm-hmm. again. And that's not to say don't go out and get taken advantage of, but have that self respect and yeah. mm-hmm. know that you're providing value. How I like to say it is, when you're providing value. I'm giving out a love and I'm not going to call you back on that favor in mm. three years. Mm. I'm giving out of love and I know the universe will reward me in ways that I can't even verbalize. Mm. Mm. That's powerful, bro. Higher power. And I feel like to even to add on to that point, like I totally agree. And like, you also need to realize that power does not exist in a vacuum, mm. right? Power in itself is a social construct, right? Mm-hmm. And power exists in the context of political, economic, and legal forces mm-hmm. yeah. that dictate what power means to certain people. Mm. So for, wow, as, you're as teaching a, me. I didn't so, know. Like... So, so, like, <laughs> so, like, so, like, so as we spoke about like, the distinction between the, the leaders yeah. right, and the peasants, right? Mm-hmm. we need to realise that that in itself is a construct that is taught to us by other forces. Yeah. And, and, that, and that peasant, as, like, to use that terminology, yeah. right? that peasant might see himself powerful mm-hmm. because he's existing, he's existing in his own social inter- intersectionality as well, intersectionality, man. Right? Yeah. And that's what we need to realise. Even the terms we're using, king, queen, mm-hmm. peasant, ah, right? Right? But in they, itself, they give status, they allocate status and power. So basically the whole hard. linguistic system is like, it's rooted on that. Mm-hmm. It'd be like a semiotics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The way we value things of importance. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Like, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. <laughs> it's like I don't want to like gov- government means govern and mente means mind, so govern mm. mind, so mind control. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy, though. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist, anything like that. Mm. But it <laughs> makes sense. It when makes they start sense. listening on my phone on Alexa at home. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, it's good fun, though. Good crazy, fun. Man. Um, yeah, man. Like, it's literally been a pleasure to get you guys on in general and a bit... How, why was law the means? So you studied law at Durham, right? Yeah. Why was law the means um, of making the change, making the change for you personally, on a on a and on an individual level, okay. and on in terms of your your um, I hear from podcasts before you yeah. mm-hmm. love you love love for black community, mm-hmm. love to you see people what? win. There's a lot of things I could have done besides law. Like one of my main passions is cooking, right? And, and, and wow, to this day, bad, I think about it, I'm like, bad, like bad, if bad. it wasn't for law, I'm telling you right now, chef, right? Chef. I, I, I would be a celebrity <laughs> chef I see on that. TV, what? owning a few restaurants, 
I'm trying to get a few Michelin stars. I get free, I get free, yeah? Everybody eats for free, right? I like Melambo Ramsey out here. I would be a shout anyone, yeah? Right? Yeah, but, yeah, tell me more about that. But law mm-hmm. because I just love the power of language, mm. right? And how how language, even though yeah. it has an intangible effect, i.e. when you and I speak, yeah. we can't actually see the words. We can't touch the words. We can't smell the words. You're blowing my mind. Right? This is actually but, bro- but, but language has a tangible it. effect in the world, especially when it's under the effect of law. Right. So what I mean by that is, is if you stop paying your contract on your mobile phone, you're gonna get a few letters, a few tangible effects will start happening. They'll end up canceling your contract. Then I'll be like, okay, we're now chasing you for this bill. Right. If you don't pay that bill, you might get a few bailies that will come through. And say, hey, we might just take this TV because because yeah. the only way we're gonna recoup this payment is if we take your TV. Right. Yeah. So now you see that that language now has a tangible effect in the world. And to me, that's always like, damn, law is powerful. Why? Because I love language, I love linguistics, mm-hmm. right? And I want to make practical use of it. How can I make practical use of it? Yeah. Let's let's see what law is saying. I, I love that. So so to brilliant go. Point. Wait, 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 do you have a point? No, no, I said uh, brilliant. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I sorry. love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. I love oh. that. And like just like hatch on to that. It's interesting because mm. a lot of people think that law is constraining. Right, mm. law is restrictive. It's like I can't do this and that yeah. because the law tells me I can't I do, do this right? and that. So it's yeah. it's constraint. It's restrictive. However, yeah. I see it in a different way. Oh, I think it's liberalizing. Oh. Right, so I think you can use the law, oh. the 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 fabric of society yes. to influence what humans do. Mm. Right. So if you look, if you look at the big jurisprudence, like philosophers of our time, right? Yes, yeah. They're not thought. What about, does jurisprudence mean, by the way? So jurisprudence. So interesting. So yeah, jurisprudence I mean, is the study that. of understanding why law and philosophy influences politics, law, and economics, right? Yes, so it's a way to rationalize how the things around us work the way they do, mm-hmm. and like it goes back centuries and centuries. Yeah. But modern philosophics, especially legal philosophics, especially jurisprudence, right, doesn't see law in a constricting way. It sees how freedom can be achieved through the means of law. And that's Mm -hmm. what I personally saw. So going back to the start about stop and search, I didn't see stop and search in the sense that it's going to restrict me from moving around. Mm -hmm. I saw stop and search in the sense that how do I now use my knowledge as a lawyer to influence the way that stop and search is conducted? Yes. And how yes. do I then use yeah. this new knowledge, the acquired knowledge, yeah. to liberalize the people around me? It, that is mad because now it's about communicating to the youth who are feeling, wow, this system's against me. It's oppressing mm-hmm. me. It's restricting me. Mm-hmm. It's constraining me. It's putting yeah. me inside this mental prison. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It goes mad. back to, to, to our discussion earlier on power, right? And most of the time mm-hmm. now, power is based on information. Mm-hmm. If you don't know certain things, how then can you act? But when you're well informed, you can make better informed decisions. So exactly. for instance, if you're being stopped and search, right? And you know the law around stop and search, you know the police rights, mm-hmm. you know your own rights. Yep. Therefore, you know that, hold on, wait a minute, you're actually doing something right now mm-hmm. that you as a police officer are not allowed to do. Yes, you're actually sir. going beyond your powers right now. So, yeah. you, so you need to chill down and relax. Mm-hmm. And, 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 how, and how powerful is having that knowledge at the time, right? So like, <laughs> how, how powerful is having that knowledge at the time, right? Liberating, so you're not constrained, it's liberating. liberating. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Freedom, man. So as lawyers, how, t- tell me how you guys developed 
your public speaking skills because what, what I'm hearing is like communication language is very important to you and mm. from doing my research on your LinkedIn everyone's giving you referrals on your public speaking and mm -hmm. leadership skills so tell me how you developed that in your uh, you know what it just started with reading a lot of books and materials so for me it was uh, listening to also public speakers one of my favorite public speakers is Les Brown you know and I remember I just watched YouTube videos on speaking then I start watching other public speakers like who's, who's, Les, who's Les Brown so Les Brown is a, is a motivational speaker yeah. Listen to him a lot on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There's a guy like Zig Ziglar, Tony Zig Ziglar. Robbins. Oh, you see what I'm saying? That is all his books. Uh -huh. oh, like I, I would see those guys. I see how they spoke. Uh, I would emulate them. You know, mm -hmm. Barack Obama is another great speaker. Oh, you know, the pauses. Really you know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. that's, 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 that's expert, what, bro. Oh, yeah. Man, you can put true. because yeah. as you said about words, they're intangible, mm -hmm. and you cut in public speaking, doing those pauses. Focusing on the voice tonality, giving more emphasis to words. You see it, and I've studied, like, personally on my side, public speaking, how mm -hmm. Jordan Belfort delivers things mm -hmm. and things like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's mad how voice tonality can give certain emphasis to words, and you can use that as in tools of influence and persuasion. Yes. Good point, right? Good point. So, like, I used to do acting as a, as a young child. Mm -hmm. So I was like an extras on various TV shows, The Waterloo Roads, My Parents oh, Are Aliens. Yes. And like that was my thing. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that the loudest person in the room normally doesn't have the best points. Mm. It's the person that is able to articulate their points in a precise way that that's what thing he said in. That's what Denzel Washington said in mm -hmm. American Gangster. The loudest person in the room is the weakest person. Uh huh. As, as, yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. Come exactly. on now. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there's there's no need. So public speaking for me is not about who is the loudest or who is the best public speaker per se. Yeah. It's the person who's able to articulate their point in the most precise way, yeah. and I think that's the yeah. beauty of language. That's the fire. What are your thoughts, man? It's wild though, like public speaking. It's just that skill you have to. We all eventually, we all eventually have to come out of our shell. Mm -hmm. We have to associate with other people. We talked about the importance of building social assets, building your network, and uh, <laughs> man's got a point for that and nodding like, head. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's mad. You yeah. say that we have to come out of our shells. Yeah, do you actually know? One of the greatest fears for a human being mm, what? is speaking in public. Mm. Speaking in public in front of other in front of other people is one of our greatest fears. Mm. But like, how do you actually come out of your show? Mm. One how did you even? Come how out did I come out? I used to be the biggest one. introvert, yeah. man. Like you guys wouldn't think. I would public. never believe. You would never guess. I tell this to people, and they think, "Oh, nah, this guy is capping." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and. Yeah, like, I used to be a mute. I used to be in my room the entire time as a child. Like, my parents were like, ah, ah, like, what is wrong with this boy? <laughs> like, played games. My mom didn't want to get me a PS4 or anything. Uh, PS2 back then, GameCube, because all my friends were getting it. I still saved up when I got my, lo my, my money. I thought that went and bought it. And, man, I just thought of it like, I just wanted to be into myself. Like, I'd go up to my room after dinner. I was just like, wow, like eventually you literally just have to come out of your shell. So how I came out of my shell is 
I started doing these sales exercises. You have to embrace rejection. You have to. Everyone has to go through failure. Most humans fear failure. Mm-hmm. They fear rejection. They fear embarrassment and all other bullshit. Mm-hmm. So one exercise I, I took from this entrepreneur called Andy Frizzella. I talked about it in my last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Frizzella's a sick guy. Follow him on Instagram. And he has this sales exercise to completely eliminate social anxiety. Um, and this was like when I was 14, man. Wow. And he said... When you leave your house, um, first thing you do when you leave your house is you approach five people. The first five people you see. Yeah. And most people in this day and age, we are in living in the digital age. We're in the internet age where mm-hmm. everyone's on their phones, everyone's scrolling down. Most people don't walk with purpose. They look lifeless like zombies. Yeah. And to sh- the exercise is to walk down the street with to walk down the street, approach the first five, five people you see and the first five people you can't pick and choose at all because that now 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 that makes you like, almost you're judging yourself. You're like saying like, ah, I don't feel like approaching this person, this person looks weird. And that's why many people fear networking, things like that. Yeah. So when you start approaching them, you give them a compliment. You say like, oh, nice shirt. Where do you get those shoes from? Uh, or ask for directions, anything. Mm-hmm. So what? Do, why is this exercise so powerful? You do it over a scale of six months, but most people don't do that. Like, everyone starts a new habit yeah. one day, two days, two, inconsistent, whatever. And they don't, they don't stick out to the hard words because there's no greater force than the force of compound, compound force. Yeah. And I learned this from the gym, whatever. You won't see those results. It's a snowball effect. It's building up. You won't see those results the months and years down the line. That's why James Clare, I'm sure you guys read Atomic Atomic Habits. Talks about the importance of doing that. So why does exercises and why to approach strangers like that is because it completely transforms your sales because you're able to talk to anyone. You're accustomed to anyone's personalities. So literally, if that person looked like, Adi Fazella said, if that person looked like he could bite your head off, it doesn't (laughs) matter. You have to go up to him Mm. and make a conversation, whatever, because... You're rewiring your subconscious I mind. That. I love that. To, bruv, do that for six months. You won't even recognize who you are. I'm mm. not joking. And those are one of many of the sales skills that, and social skills I've developed to increase my social intelligence. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's the only one I'm going to share today. That would be like, cars are here. Powerful, okay. bro. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and. When I just sort of like heard you speak about that, I sort of like started processing that. And yeah. I'm thinking like, oh wow, you know, that that idea of being out of your comfort zone, mm. that's where the most growth Facts. actually happens, right? And not many people are willing to take themselves out of their comfort zone. So true, but some, some people will say literally F off, whatever, go yeah. away. I remember when I worked a sales job last year. Yeah. Wow, man's getting interviewed out here. I was a sales job. This was an L, man, that I took. So I got fired in two days. Oh, wow. Why? Why? I got. But I'll tell you the lesson I learned. That's, that's the most oh, powerful. Lesson, exactly. When I, say L, when, I, when I say L, you mean lesson. Most people think that's an L. So I took, I did a sales job in home insurance. And I was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, man. I picked up Jordan Belfort's book. Um, <laughs> wolf, 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 the, the Way of the Wolf. Yeah. Picked up the scripts. And I remember, oh, 
the social anxiety I had on my first sales call because I'm cold calling people. And these were like 60-year-old, 70-year-old people who literally, as, as Ben has said, they don't give one fuck in the world about a, a, a young person who's yeah. trying to sell them something. Yeah. And I remember the, what, how they train people to give them sales scripts. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm reading the sales script and you said that you, you were talking about the power of language. Mm-hmm. Man, I was stuttering every single word. And by that, I was just like, rah. And she was like, nah, not interested, goodbye. Or like, we're calling people and we're, try, we're trying to replace their, the boilers in the house, the furnaces, and yeah. trying to get that, yeah. get that going. And man, oh man. I remember what I learned from that is the first the first time you do anything new mm-hmm. that's the scariest moment whether mm-hmm. you're starting a fitness program whether you're getting in the gym whether Facts. you're starting any journey in of growth Facts. that's the scariest moment everything you want is on the other side of fear so I remember by the 100th call even though I, I wasn't getting sales even though I didn't do well in the job because I didn't understand the product I didn't believe in the product and I didn't care what I was selling I wanted to make money so those are you have to have your intention aligned. Mm-hmm. You have to value what you're selling. You got to believe in it, and you got to provide value for people. That's what I learned yeah. as well. So doing that by my hundredth call, someone could tell me to get the hell out, <laughs> slap me in the face. I I didn't give a one <laughs> jack, man. Mm-hmm. Like because you train it, it's like a muscle, man. You break it down and. I and you get that. out of that comfort zone. Everything's on the other side of fear. So let's yeah. So on that point, like let's yeah. delve a little bit deeper, like yeah. the concept of comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. So who is truly comfort in which zone, right? And what I mean by that is, when you are in your comfort zone, that's a language again. Mm-hmm. It means that you're in a zone where you feel so comfortable in yeah. what you're doing that there's no longer a need to progress, mm, right? You're just going through mm-hmm. the motion. So like, so for you as a boxer, Milambo, oh, like. Yeah. At what point did you feel in your comfort zone and out of your comfort zone, boxing Ooh, and, and socially man. speaking? So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop this down, right? So I feel in my comfort zone, for instance, when I've been sparring mm. the same people for quite a long time because I now, like, I've learned of their habits. I know what they're good at, what they're not good at. They mm-hmm. know when I'm good or I'm not good at. So there's no longer, there's no longer that possibility to, to sort of, like, explore certain weaknesses mm-hmm. and um, and push each other to a to a different level right mm-hmm. because it's like oh i'm used to your style you're used to my style mm-hmm. so we're just gonna we'll probably fight at a level where it's just we're just going through the motions and but, you don't learn right and you don't learn anymore <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you've yeah. the plateau mm-hmm. and it's just it's just it's just on a straight line stagnant but when you start sparring people you've never sparred before now like you go into this phase where like okay it's now a chess match. I don't know what this guy is good at. I have to focus. I have to read him. Yeah. That's, that's the, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm, I'm, I'm extra cautious. I'm mm-hmm. learning. I'm downloading data. I'm thinking about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, That is important. That's why we always, in boxing, we always get different looks by, by sparring different mm-hmm. people all the time because they bring something different yeah. to the table and that allows yeah. you to grow. So to relate this back to knockout crime, mm. why do you think boxing is the out, a good outlet for them? Because I've seen what you're doing you is Instagram Lives, you're doing that weekly now. Yeah, so so, yeah. so what we say with knockout yeah. crime is that yeah. boxing isn't the only outlet. Okay. But sports, it's an outlet sports, that sports. we know and understand yeah. Yeah. and we, we want to share that outlet for other young people. Yeah. Now, it's up to you to try it 
and, yeah. and, and you feel like it's cool taking on further. If not, that's fine. I wanted to box There's, there's the mentor and physical benefits from what you're saying. Mm. I'm sold on it now. Let's go. Let me knock you out real quick. I'm joking. You'll finish me, man. But, you know, every hour is different because we, we also understand that boxing is a job. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the pretty boy, light skin guys, like, if you care out your face, do not hop in there. <laughs> Literally, yeah. So knockout crime and boxing. Can you elaborate on that? Just mm. as a means, what have? Tell me about some stories about some lives you've transformed in life. Nah, so we've worked yeah. with a lot of young people in schools, especially, mm-hmm. and just shown them an outlet where. They've now been able to try out boxing and they're now committing and dedicated. Whereas before, you know, they tried out boxing, it was impossible for them. And it's about the, learning the discipline, the dedication that you can just realize yeah. from just boxing with the fitness skills, all of that kind of work that you do. Yeah. Because that then starts to translate into other areas of your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Once you learn discipline in one aspect mm-hmm. of life, it then morphs Facts. into other areas Facts. of your life. And, and, it, and it's like, okay. I'll start developing this side of my life as well, right? Oh, yeah. And then it just has like, this compounding it's com- effect. It's literally, it's like, a, yeah. oh, it's mad. But it's, it's mad. the power of sport, right? It's the power of sport. Please It goes back to the point of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. It's the power of sport. Yes. Like, I've seen it. So I played football for a very long time yes. at a decent level. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it in my life where you get people who are from a certain environment mm-hmm. that have never had that structure about what they do with their lives. Structure. And that structure and structure. discipline in itself creates an environment where a person who is from the ends, yeah. who is from the block, can become someone who is motivated and disciplined to do something better than what they've already done. Do you get me? Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen that with the That's kids that you've, you've, you've mentored. Yeah. yeah. And like, you playing football, Mm. Right, like what benefits did you gain from football, and how did you transfer those skills into other areas of your life? Could you just give us like mm. a personal touch and perspective on that? Yeah, like a hundred percent, bro. So I think for me personally, the the teamwork element is important, yeah. and it goes back to your story about seeing five people on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, that was normal because I'm playing football with eleven people that yeah. are in my team, mm-hmm. and playing against another eleven people in yeah. another team. So that, that teamwork element was very, very important. And transferring that to law, as you know, Malambo, mm-hmm. like we're wearing these commercial circles. Yeah. I sometimes can feel a disconnect between me as the kid from the ends yes. and the big city lawyers in the yes. big suits, right? Yes. But that teamwork and networking and communication mm-hmm. element mm-hmm. is made a lot easier because I was able to play sports yeah. and do that on a weekly basis. Yeah. So are you saying That's that? mad. That is mad, Woo! yeah. Woo. Woo. Hey. Wait. Hey. Wait. Hey. Wait. I'm gonna let you get in for going with this. Yeah, I want to yeah. bring that up. Can you just elaborate on like? Facts. I want to hear more about on the communication side of going into the big city lawyers and how mm. like because one thing how I resonate with that is mm-hmm. I went from Nigerian primary school to an all white school, mm. so it was literally survival to go and yeah. socialize with other people. Obviously not on that level. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just illustrating the point. Yeah. yeah. So tell me how you went and developed those communication skills. Mm. As well as like that complemented the sports and teamwork side of it. Mm, yeah. Good question, good yeah. question. I feel like for me, for me, for me, I always saw the city mm-hmm. as it's labeled, right? Yes. As this abstract concept that I didn't understand what the city was and what it meant. Yeah. I just saw big buildings, fam. Yeah. Like I was used to being like on the ends, 
with um with drug dealers, with drug takers. Yeah. And I'm now put in this new place, London, where there's these big doors I can't I can't relate. Mm-hmm. So for me the communication element came yeah. into it because I was able to think of people beyond them as a human and try and understand their story. Yeah. And I think when you tr- when you when you realize that people aren't just humans, they all have a story to tell you. Yeah. And I'm intrigued to find out what that yeah. story is. Yeah. It creates another connect beyond the the, the suits yes. and the connect where you can relate on a human level and try and find out their story. Okay. So whenever I network, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, oh, nice suit. I yeah. think, what's your story? Let me find that ah, out. And that's how I network. Mm. I, so one thing I wanted to ask you both is your, your tough upbringing. I want you to give the... What are three, three street rules that made you survive that that felt like what are three powerful things that say like that give you awareness in your in your environment that yeah. wasn't there many people outside have never been exposed to that so they won't understand like mm-hmm. you know that mentality that mm. life or death situation mm-hmm. kind brilliant of. question rules I, I need to learn that three 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 to five street rules I'll learn, I'll yeah. learn that first uh, he let me have the difficult <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> I see that. I see that. I, I see need, that. I need more time to think, bro. Like, I need more time to think. Like, You're past thinking. Like, look left, look right, don't. Like, you tell me. Like. I think, I don't think there's a code yeah, yeah. in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if you have yeah. the psychology yeah. of I am defeated, yeah. then you will never win. Victim and victimization, yeah. right? You, yeah. If you play the victim on the streets or in life, Mm-hmm. then you will become the victim. Mm-hmm. So I think the one thing for me mm-hmm. that I've I've learned from the start is never understand yourself as a victim. Even if you're in a situation mm-hmm. where you feel defeated, yeah. always see yourself as a winner by the end of it. And that positive mm-hmm. mentality breeds positivity. Mm-hmm. That's the That's first so point. true, man, because I saw that from 50th Law. Mm-hmm. I read that book by 50 Cent and I got an insight into the streets and what I was like, and he told me what 50 Cent was narrating is that Bet on yourself when his mm-hmm. mother got, when his mother got executed at yeah, twenty three years old. When his, when he didn't have a father. When mm-hmm. he, it was a choice of most drug dealers, most drug dealers got that slow, mm-hmm. wanted that quick money. They yeah. wanted that quick money, and they would get, they would become heavily reliant on addictions like drugs mm-hmm. and their mind. He said, making sure your mind is sharp being and being ready. aware of your He's environment. Ready. Exactly, yeah. brother. Exactly. And like mm-hmm. the only other points, Adam Lambo will have a lot more yeah. points on this, right? Is for me, hard work is the bricks and the mortar of all success. Yeah. You can be as talented as you want, but if you don't work hard, you'll never get there. And I'll tell you a story right now. Yeah. Throughout my GCSEs, mm-hmm. A-levels, university, mm-hmm. to this day, mm-hmm. I've always had a statement on my wall. What's that statement? What's statement? Hard work beats talent. <laughs> always, always. Oh, you can be the most talented guy in the ends, mm-hmm. However, at the end of the day, if you don't work hard, what's that going to get you? So I feel like that is the foundation to all success. But Melambo, Listen to this guy, mm-hmm. actor, lawyer, <laughs> dropping gems right Come now, on. man. This guy can do it all, bro. I'm telling you right now. Humble guys are with today, man. The panache has is insane. Bro. Man, mm, thanks for being on, man. Respect that, brother. But I'm going to give you two reasons, yeah. mm. brother. Three gems. First gem is ambition. Mm-hmm. Like, always have ambition. Think big. Mm-hmm. Think big, right? Yeah. Don't think too small. In fact, think too big. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, by thinking big, right, the world is... Bigger than it fucking corporate shit. 
And I started to realise that actually it's bigger than E1. Bigger than East London. There's West and North London. Beyond London, Manchester, Leeds. You know what I mean? Durham. Then we go up to Scotland. Now it's like, okay, okay, now the world is there, right? So your ambition should transcend the end. Should not be constrained in that. Can't be constrained. Third thing is be intentional. Take action. You have an idea, okay. Take action on it, right? Too many times I know guys that have had amazing ideas, but they sat on those ideas, never did anything, and they'll never know what those ideas could have actually led to. What could have actually happened? You're asking what if. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest regret ever. That's the biggest regret. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about... I could have been da, 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 nah. if I only did. That's just da, 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 da. Now you're complaining. <laughs> now, now you're, you're making excuses. Com- now you're just complaining. Yeah. And the final thing is, no matter where you go, right, always show people love and they'll show you love. Mm. That's that's mm. my motto. Everywhere I go, I show yeah, people love. Nice. Right. I value, show them love. Man. Man. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And they show it back. But I could be in ends where it can get sticky and peak, but I just show people love and respect mm-hmm. and show it back. That's too many people doing hard man poses like you, you know like the universal right. you, this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the universal when you're walking down the street right. and you see a black man give the nod go you can no. do any any, 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 country, any country it works in any Anywhere. country bro. I was in <laughs> Turkey I was in Greece uh, I was in the I was in Finland it's a global it's global <laughs> What it translates <laughs> to is, I see you, king or queen. Keep doing your thing. Tell them. Ting, I'm here power. if you mm-hmm. need me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to support you. I'm here man. To it's that love. Bro, that's love, that people, love. It's that love, man. Yeah. Love the people, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, man. It's been a great podcast. Thanks for having me, uh, you guys, man. Pleasure, oh, brother. Pleasure. pleasure. Thank you for having yeah. us, man. Great host, man. Appreciate yeah. that, brother. Like, literally, you guys and shout out to Henry. Uh, shout out to, to Henry, Shout out to Henry, bro. Right shout out to Henry, fam. Magician out there. Wow. Magician. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. For real, man. All right, so this has oh, been boy. the Energy Podcast with Malambo, Panache, and as always, Energy is the Currency. You can support this podcast, man. Leave a review and go follow them on the socials. We'll put that in the caption but yeah thank you as always for the listeners and bless up I hope this was the greatest energy podcast ever, bro. Fam, it was if, cold. It, if it wasn't, it was we did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs>